Hey everyone, welcome back. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, so, this week we watched the 2012 Ridley Scott film Prometheus. And this is the podcast where you pick the movie. And we take a deep dive into it and learn everything we can. And this is a pretty uh, heavy movie, I think, in a lot of ways. Oh, it feels heavy for sure. <laughs> um, normally, now we would like do some get to know you questions, and I do have a question. But first, this has been our first nice week, I think, here where the weather finally turned. So, how was your how was your week? It was good. Yeah, every day was about seventy degrees, which that's that's all I can ask for at this point. Yeah, yeah. Today was stifling hot here anyway i think it got up to 85 and i stayed indoors all day so. <laughs> yeah it rained earlier this morning so it is it's just been humid as all get out for the entire day i just got the air conditioner up and running so i'm finally kind of you know solidifying back <laughs> into a human as opposed to a puddle yeah yeah we just turned our air on uh i think two nights ago because i couldn't sleep like four, like three nights ago, I was like dying. You know, like the kids woke up the next day and they're like, "It was a thousand degrees last night." <laughs> I was like, "All right, I'm sorry, we'll put the air on." So <laughs> it's nice and nice and chilly in here if you go in the basement. So, um, so with this movie, here's my question: Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that's a that's a great question. And I'll say a tentative, yes. A skeptical, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I, I just remember article about NASA finding microbe life on Mars, I think. And so, you know, there's probably something out there. Yeah. Um, I'm an avid fan of ancient aliens. And... <laughs> oh, so this is right up your alley. Oh, it is. And it is. They can be highly convincing when... Uh, you're watching that show, even though they never really come out and say, yes, this is really what could happen. They're just, they ask it in question form and you're like, yeah, that really could be what happened. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I definitely, there's something out there. There has to be. Yeah. Um, I can't say if there's anything like intelligent out there, but I know something somewhere is out there. Mm -hmm. I've also been watching a lot of spooky shows on hulu and i now believe in ghosts and things too so <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> gave myself oh. a spook equally as likely i guess yeah it's it's terrifying i hope that i don't think we have any like real horror movies on the list yet not yet not yet so um we'll see we'll see if somebody <laughs> sends something in so show and... us what you got guys <laughs> bring it on yeah, not too much been, gore though, guys. Okay. I've been getting <laughs> too good asleep lately. I could use with. <laughs> I could use a good scare. Well, you can watch uh, watch Destination Fear on Hulu, and you'll get a good spook. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so the overview for Prometheus, 
is following clues to an, the origin of mankind, a team finds a structure on a distant moon, but they soon realize they're not alone. Pretty accurate, I think. That's super vague, but is mm-hmm. right on the money, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, like, all these movies where people find things, I don't understand why they have to go in there. Like, can't they be like, all right, look, we found it. Cool. <laughs> there are <laughs> a few times. <laughs> there are a few times in the movie where I was thinking, like, these scientists seem way too eager to just touch stuff. Well, and the scientists um, that created the 3D map got lost in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> The two, the two guys right. that, that they had to leave in there. Oh my yeah. god, you're right. Um, when I was watching all my things today to like refresh, because I, I just watched this like two weeks ago when I was doing my Alien vs. Predator marathon, and I was like, okay, so it's pretty fresh in my mind, but I want to go watch some like theories and like what other people think and stuff, and some people brought that up, and I was like, oh yeah. They did get lost, and they did create it. Like, they had the map with them. (laughs) I'm interested Uh, to hear your theories later, because this definitely, this movie has enough depth where it's kind of like Inception, where there are just so many different ways, so many different rabbit holes you could go down on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And when I I saw this, I can't remember if I saw it in theaters, or if I bought it immediately when it came out on DVD in like 2012 or 2013, um, I really had no idea what this movie was. I knew it was a Ridley Scott film. Um, I had heard people like speculate about it, but I was like, no, I'm not going to. I was really into like space sci-fi movies at the time. So like Event Horizon. Um, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my list because I'm not looking at my movies right now. But I like I really love movies where people are confined to one area and or like trapped like um, Saw 2, Cube, um, House of Nine. Those are all movies where there's a group of people that are trapped in a single area. Mm. And so I was like, okay, well, all these people are in space. So let's go for it. Um, And nothing really like clicked with me until probably about three quarters of the way through when like the action started ramping up and then i was like oh okay and then like at the very end when you see the the deacon um alien because it's not a xenomorph yet yeah you can tell that it's on its way and Mm -hmm. i was like oh okay i can see um (laughs) i can get this so what was your like first thought as you're watching it well, I was actually just taken with how how everything just looked really nicely done. Like the quality of visual filmmaking was clearly present like the entire time. Like everything just looked beautiful. Yeah, I would expect Ridley Scott to not spare any expense at doing things right. Yeah. Especially well, but... when it coincides with like a 40-year-old series. <laughs> yeah, plenty of time to plan and hopefully get it right uh what was your first impression of like when you first turned it on first like 10 15 minutes what were you thinking um i was bored out of my mind at first (laughs) when i first saw it and then when they found everything and 
when I started seeing the cast, um, I think the cast brought me in more than the story did actually. It's a fantastic um, cast. It is. It's, it's amazing. Um, I wasn't aware of Michael Fassbender until he became uh, Magneto in X-Men, but I didn't know he was in 300. And you said you're a fan of, Man- of Band of Brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did 13 movies, major studio projects from 2009 to 2013. And this was like his peak. Like everybody knew him at that point. That's about right. I mean, I think at least all my friends knew him as soon as he became Magneto in the new X-Men movies. Yeah. That's when yeah, I feel like uh, I had a pretty good handle on who he was and like what movies he was in. Mm-hmm. Um. Guy Pierce is in it, who I would not have recognized, obviously, if I didn't know he was in it, because um, he plays old Wayland, yeah, the guy in uh, old makeup. But I love Guy Pierce. Um, Memento is one of my favorite hmm. movies. Yeah, but why didn't they just cast an old actor? <laughs> that's that's a great question. Um... Don't really have an answer to that, but I can say that I, I feel like Guy Pierce is kind of an underrated actor. Like every movie I see him in, I really enjoy him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's great. Yeah. Um Idris Elba, I had no idea who this guy was until he got really big, like in the last probably three years, right? Mm. Like all of a sudden he was everywhere and then he was sexiest man and people's sexiest man and <laughs> he's like everywhere. But um, I didn't know. It took me a while to realize that he was in the Marvel movies. He was, yeah, Thor's, yeah, the Gate guy. He he's his career is interesting because he has he's done so many things across a bunch of different movies, and it was you're right. Only up until like around the the last few Thor movies that came out is when people really knew who he was. But I remember seeing him in a great movie back in 2008. Him and Tom Hardy and Gerard Butler in uh, Rock and Rolla. It's like a British crime comedy. I have not seen that, but I do like Gerard Butler. Yeah, it's that's another movie where with the cast that they have, you can't go wrong. But yeah, I was awesome. I was really happy to see him as the pilot in this one. You know, he just he kind of gravitates towards interesting roles that don't need to be like the lead. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is confident in himself and his abilities as an actor, and I think he can make himself a main character even though he's in an ensemble cast. Yeah. Um, and finally, the my next biggest one because I don't really the other guys you kind of know, but they're not <laughs> as important. But uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah. She was actually up for the role of Elizabeth Shaw, um, originally. But she had a scheduling conflict and had to drop out. And then something happened where, where she freed up again. And Ridley Scott offered her the role of Vickers in this. Ooh. Right on. I was going to save this for <laughs> the later section. But since we're on the topic, uh, yeah, she she was in conflict uh, conflict issues shooting Mad Max Fury Road. And uh, uh, when her schedule freed up, she came back and, like you said, got that supporting role. And she 
she was asking Ridley Scott, like, can there be more to the character? And they actually ended up writing like three separate scenes just to kind of like develop her a little bit. Do you think she's a robot in the movie? Do you think she's an android? I don't. <laughs> I can't say for certain, but I feel like she wouldn't have had to do the cryo sleep thing if she was, because you know David seemed pretty fine. Right. That was the one thing I watched a few things on that part, and they gave a few different reasons. Um, what's What's the argument it, for her being a an android? Because she was she picked up David and threw him against the wall, and because both her and David refer to Wayland as father, Wayland looks way too old to be her actual father. Hmm. Um, I was thinking and, about that. Yeah. It's a bunch of really, like, small things that you wouldn't see unless you were, like, actively looking for it. But, like, the first time I saw it, I'm like, even though she got up and she was... Oh, and the other thing was the um, her medical bay pod is not set up for females. I just remembered that. Yeah. So, that was that was a big one, too. But, um, Shirley's... Like, every movie she's in, I love her, too. Like you said, uh, Mad Max. Um, Monster is actually the only movie I really can't watch her in because she's transformed herself so much. Yeah. Um, Atomic Blonde was absolutely incredible. Uh, and Aeon Flux was really good, too. Some top ones I could think of. Yeah, she she's another actor that really doesn't disappoint whatever she's in. Yeah, no, like, it can be cheesy movies like Aeon Flux, and she's still, like, 110% is awesome. She's pretty much the only thing I liked about that movie, if I'm being yeah. honest. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Um, I never watched the MTV, like, anime until later on, mm. but I really just watched that movie because of her, so. Right on. Yeah, again, really exceptional cast with this movie. Um, there, there is this one dude that I want to bring up briefly. His name is, what is it? Logan Marshall Green. He was like the, the, I don't know, husband or boyfriend to Elizabeth Shaw. Yeah. So I've seen him. He's another guy where I've seen him in so many things just as like a side character or as like a brief kind of, kind of role. And each time he does really well, but I can only remember him because he looks so much like Tom Hardy. He's like a discount <laughs> Tom Hardy, and I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I I was watching something today that made a mention of that, and like they did a side profile, and I was like, "Holy cow, that is like <laughs> like a smaller Tom Hardy." Yeah, You're right. It's the Aldi's brand. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Great value, Tom Hardy. <laughs> Yep. Wow. <laughs> uh, so let's move on. And if we like kind of mix the the two, um, let's move on to some theories about the the movie as a whole. So, all right. First of all, let's do an overview. Do you want to do like a general overview of it? Sure. So I'd say generally they find some uh, the scientists find cave paintings across the world that suggest you know people worshiping what 
you know, could possibly be ancient aliens and, you know, people <laughs> from beyond the stars. And they, I guess they kind of like identify the approximate coordinates of where it would be, um, you know, because of the stars depicted in each um, representation. So they go out there, they eventually find a planet that might be the location where these extraterrestrials are from. When they go down there to do some research, that's kind of when things start getting a little dicey. Um, without, without really getting into spoilers, I'll say everyone knows this is an alien prequel, and um, there's a lot of like elder civilization type stuff that they come across, and then you know they just shouldn't be poking around with and it kind of devolves into a struggle to survive does that sort of hit the head of yeah. the nail right there yeah the the people find stuff and then go mess with things they shouldn't as as most scientists <laughs> do um i was gonna say it's about the most human thing you can do yeah um so there are a lot of, I want to say, religious overtones in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and actually, the original script um, had basically gave the explanation as to what happened. Because um, all those paintings and stuff, you kind of theorize that, okay, well, the engineers who are the big guys that the very beginning of the movie show they created life on Earth, basically. Mm -hmm. And you see all these cave paintings with the big guy, the engineer, with them. So you theorize that, okay, they came back and were helping them. And But when you the scientists now are in the I guess, militarized or base camp of the engineers. The engineers are bent on destroying Earth, but you don't really know why. And in one of the early versions of the scripts, Ridley Scott had, and the writer, I can't remember who wrote it with him, um, they actually had, when they carbon dated the body that they found outside when they took the head, in the yeah. movie, they mm -hmm. dated it at about 2,000 years. This, the year that they're in is 2093. So, what happened about 2,000 years ago? Hmm. Jesus came, according mm -hmm. to certain things in religions. So, they're mad because that engineer got killed, basically, when they were trying to help them fix things. And so now they were like, well, we're going to destroy this planet. But something happened on in their base before they could do that. That's one of the theories that I found. Yeah, it's. Uh, I read that Jesus was supposed to be in the earlier scripts as a engineer that mm -hmm. like came back to Earth and then they crucified him. And yeah, <laughs> I guess it's kind of like when you create life and then that life starts biting you, and you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna <laughs> kill everything, start over. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that is exactly what happened. Um, 
but it's a it's a shame that they took out a lot of the back story of the engineers in the movie because they did have a lot of things um that spoke to them and i felt like for most of the movie you were kind of like why what are these engineers yeah like it was very confusing as to what their whole point of the story with them was they drop a few breadcrumbs but not nearly enough to make that the highlight of the movie you know it's like you get that they created life on earth you get that they were they created essentially like a military base that was producing weapons and then like that's all super interesting stuff and then their next destination was earth again and then that's literally pretty much all you know about them Uh are like those three things and i could have done with a little more yeah especially when you start to see um the like holograms yeah you're like well we clearly we missed something and that's where you start coming up with all your own things Mm -hmm. um and one of the big things is the black goo what uh what was your theory on the black goo oh geez (laughs) (laughs) i so i'm just gonna be pretty upfront that um one of my problems with the movie is at times it's a little hard to understand exactly what's going on and what how you're supposed to interpret certain certain things so Mm -hmm. i have no opinion on what the black goo was i've got no (laughs) idea what it's supposed to do i just know it was important yeah um they definitely don't explain it but i did find i found one kind of explanation of it and then I kind of added my own theory to it um so one theory that I found on YouTube was that the black goo is potentially the recreation of the blood of the lord of the engineers um they they were trying to recreate it because there's a whole scene they cut out in the beginning um that guy's not by himself the that that engineer is not by himself he's actually with a whole bunch of other engineers and there's a whole bit of dialogue that explains everything but they cut it out that makes so, me so bad <laughs> yeah um, cuz with that you would have been able to like kind of think of a whole bunch of other things where it could have gone so my theory was when since it's an alien prequel, but we don't really know that. What David puts a little bit, just a tiny bit in uh, the husband boyfriend's drink and it starts to change him. So like immediately once that goo touches you, you're changed, you get crazy. Um, The acid um, that got the guy that got lost, those two guys. Yeah. um, he, He got really big and strong took a lot for them to take him out so i'm really i'm really glad you brought that up because earlier i i was watching this with my wife and (laughs) by by the end of the movie where like the one of those guys you thought was dead and he's all like (laughs) mutated now and comes back and starts absolutely pummeling the other scientists like we were both like questioning like what the hell is that why is it yeah. why is he like that and why did uh the other dude like i forgot he got poisoned you know and mm-hmm. i didn't know it was the black liquid that did it to him like that makes complete sense now but in the 
in the continuity of the movie, I had no idea that that was what was going on. Yeah. And there's a little, a small, small scene uh, before all that. You know, when they first go into that room with all the um, tanks or whatever, there is, they're all closed. When they open that, it changes the atmosphere in there. So then the next time they go in, you can see that like all that goo is now flowing around. Yeah. There is a very small scene where it closes up. It, it does a close up of one of them, but in the dirt, there are worms. Those worms are in the goo. The next time you see a worm like creature is those, um, that white worm that they find before they both die. Oh and yeah. That is another like to show that goo changes things, I guess. Um So you're saying that the so, goo changed the worm or Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh... The goo changed the worm into the hammerhead worm thing. Okay. Um and so when that goo was ingested by the boyfriend, he started to change, but he didn't know it right away. And then they get busy because, of course, they just found something. So they have to celebrate. As you do. As is tradition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we're going to do a little bit of spoilers here. So uh, fast forward if you don't want to hear. Otherwise, the movie's been out for eight years. <laughs> so a little bit. Um Shaw gets pregnant with the octopus baby thing that she cuts out of herself. So that is one change. That's like one evolution there. Yeah. Then the octopus baby grows up and attacks the engineer. And that's when it looks like a face hugger. Yeah. And then that was so badass. (laughs) Like just her. It was so disgusting. Oh no, it was, it was gross (laughs) as hell, but it was so badass the way she like cut it out of herself or like had oh, the yeah. surgery machine like manually get it out of her and then mm-hmm. I, f- I forgot all about it you know silly me nothing's ever dead unless you see it like pummeled to death so later yeah. on it's massive and even more disgusting but just even the way the character model is it's also really interesting to look at mm-hmm and the fact that it grows so fast is yeah. like the um, the aliens that come out of the chest, the chest burst. Yeah. Like, they grow so quick. Um, so when it face hugs the engineer, you can see it attach itself. And then that's another evolution with what happens after. So that's what I think the whole, like, the black goo like started all that to, but the only problem with that is that it's on planet LV223 and not LV426 which is where Alien takes place hmm. um, but they did take off in a similar spacecraft and if you watch every Alien movie an alien gets on every single <laughs> ship <laughs> you're trying to get out of there so I don't know. That's what I think the black goo is. Wow. I mean, that makes a whole lot more sense now that I hear like your side of it. Again, I was so confused by little details like that. 
maybe i don't know there's no like honestly there was a lot of youtube <laughs> watching too and like getting people that have watched it way more than me because I've, I've seen it a few times but to dive that deep into the, a movie like this you need you need some youtube people yeah no you're absolutely right like it's it's weird how some movies feel like an iceberg you know like mm-hmm. maybe i okay i can't really think of anything off the top of my head but you create um you know a little bit of known facts and then there's a lot that's kind of like left unsaid that you know it gives you a lot of room to play with kind of a thing i feel like this feels like half an iceberg where it's like there is some concrete facts that are explained to you and a lot of things that it could be and it just kind of feels like some of those answers are just completely missing you know yeah this movie is up to interpretation you could have five different people watch it and get five different interpretations of this movie yeah um and i'll go into that a little bit later when i do my we do our thumbs up thumbs down thing um but yeah it's it's there's so much so much there when you're doing a prequel i think it's it's hit or miss it depends like if you have if you give enough information to be able to connect those things and i don't think this movie gave enough information to be able to connect it but i'm sure i've read that alien covenant answers a lot of the questions from this movie and i have not seen that one yet cuz i haven't thought it yet so yeah me either that when i get it i will let you know <laughs> i mean that does make sense uh, i read online that there were several like complete script rewrites for this movie which i think might have contributed to like the lack of i don't know i perceived it to have kind of a lack of focus on what the movie was trying to be you know mm-hmm. like it just seemed well Go. you you know how much i i don't like blade runner <laughs> so and i feel like it's it's the same. It's almost the same thing, like Ridley Scott. And I, maybe I'm just not a huge Ridley Scott fan. Um, no, I, the more I watch his movies, but I, I think you nailed it right there. I literally said that to my wife earlier today while we were driving. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's just I don't know. He doesn't like to give a lot of information. He's a very secretive guy. I think um, even when they were filming. They, and this can bring us into our like trivia behind the scenes stuff. Um, he said to the to the crew to not say anything um, about like certain scenes that they were filming. So when the hammerhead like worm thing that comes out of the guy that came over there that was dead but came mm-hmm. back, um, the scream from Shaw or no one of the other people. Um, is real because she didn't realize that it was going to come out of him. Huh. So he is a very secretive guy. That makes sense. Huh. Yeah, filming uh, Black Hawk Down, which is another movie he did that I find that when he does like historical movies or like epic movies, they're really good. But when he does sci-fi, it's a little hazy. But yeah, when he was when he yeah. was shooting Black Hawk Down, uh, do you know Jason Isaacs? Um, he he was uh, in Harry Potter, like the Patriot. 
actually haven't seen any of the Harry Potters, oh. so. <laughs> well, <laughs> trust me, it's a face you'd recognize. Doesn't matter for okay. the sake of this. It's uh, all he did was he told him and his like squad of men to run down this alley in a in the the city they were shooting, and he's like, "That's just going to be the scene. You running." And as they take off, all this stuff starts exploding around them that he just didn't tell them about. You know, all this debris and stuff's flying everywhere and at the end of the shot yeah. i think they only did like one or two takes because he's like yeah we we got genuine reactions that's pretty great and jason isaacs was like i thought i was going to have a heart attack and drop dead <laughs> yeah i'm all for like techniques like that because getting sometimes just getting that first reaction when you don't know about it yeah um he did the same thing actually in alien um with the chest burster scene they knew that something was going to happen, but none of the actors knew that they were going to get sprayed <laughs> with like blood and stuff. So all those reactions in that movie are, are uh, authentic as well. Uh, can't put a price on that. No, you can't. It's just another level of filmmaking. Magic of movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, the budget for this movie was $130 million. It only grossed in the U.S. 126 uh, million. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, that's a failure in my eyes, like a uh, box office failure, not necessarily a critical failure. Yeah, I mean that's also something he's kind of known for. Yeah. Although I could. It did make uh, 403 million worldwide, but. I feel... How much money goes back to that? I don't know. Yeah. So. <laughs> Do you know the movie was actually inspired by the space jockey character in the original Alien? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, so I I couldn't even remember what that was, so I had to Google it. And uh, yeah, it's basically there's a giant corpse of an engineer that's just dead in a cockpit, kind of, you know, frozen in place by rigor mortis or whatever. And uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Ridley now. said he was surprised that no one really addressed that in future alien movies, and he's like, Yeah, that haunted me for years, so I thought I'd make a movie about it. <laughs> yeah, that's right, it it is exactly like that, yeah. isn't it? It's him, it's the engineers in their armor, yeah. which I think is what I didn't put two and two together with. That's that's pretty cool. Like a throwback that's forty <laughs> years old. I mean, that's yeah. it's good. The um, soundtrack with this. Well, they recorded um, the musical score, not the technically the soundtrack, but the uh, musical score was recorded with a ninety-piece orchestra at um, Abbey Road Studios in London. But the composer uh, Streitenfeld, Mark Streitenfeld wrote the uh, sheet music backwards so the orchestra played it backwards and then he digitally flipped it so you're hearing the score as it's written the same melody but a backwards sounding orchestra which gives it that unusual unsettling sound which I thought was pretty cool like just a, a really cool way of making music in general 
that's <laughs> that's really interesting because the way that was described <laughs> i thought it was like they played it backwards and then digitally made it the right way it's like it seems like there's an easy way to just fix that by playing it the right way but no i get it having having seen the movie that makes a lot of sense now yeah it's almost like the backwards but then regular but then backwards again and like if you've listened to anything backwards it's terrifying <laughs> like i don't know the, all those rumors of like listening to uh black sabbath backwards and hearing the devil and all that stuff like that's like listen to a record backwards it is it will haunt <laughs> you you want you don't want to sleep there you go <laughs> uh, <sighs> filming the movie um Ridley Scott said that he learned from uh, Blade Runner back in the day that using practical effects as much as possible makes everything look that much better, which is what he tried to do in this movie. So whatever they could make that was physical, they actually made it as opposed to, you know, just fixing it in post. Looking yeah. at you, Peter Jackson, That's... the Hobbit trilogy. Uh, looking at a lot of things that try to fix it in post, uh, Justice League. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, a little sidebar, I watched the four episodes that are available on Disney Plus for the behind the scenes of The Mandalorian. Um, excellent docuseries um, that's ongoing right now with John Favreau and all the other directors that did episodes, um, Kathleen Kennedy, who is one of the most prominent producers in Hollywood history, um, some things with George Lucas, and they were talking about doing like the um, the way they filmed a lot of that stuff, like the technology that mm-hmm. they have. He's like, we can do all this now without doing anything in post, doing like CGI and things like but- that especially with um, reflections. He's like, we the technology they have that they use with the mm-hmm. Mandalorian basically took out all that reflection work in post. And that's why it looks wow. so good. Um, that's, I think, uh, actually around the same time this movie came out, uh, someone who was pioneering that new type of technology was James Cameron, actually, when he was shooting Avatar. Yeah. Yep. They're, um, they did a lot of work. Um, with that and there was some stuff that George had done and had been working on he said he took a whole bunch of different groups um, and it was like a think tank and they came up with this whole thing it's really cool so if anybody has Disney Plus um, definitely watch it it's only four episodes right now but it's an ongoing series I believe and The Mandalorian's <laughs> awesome oh yeah so um so back to Prometheus. Um, there, here's another like first um, reaction shot that was real. Um, when Charlie Theron, Theron uh, gets the guy with the flamethrower, yeah. that's uh, the boyfriend guy. Um, she actually had to use a real flamethrower and set a stuntman on fire, <laughs> and she was like all for it, but then got scared. And so when they got her to actually do it and it like mm-hmm. kicks on and she hits him, like her reaction was a real shocked reaction. And they kept the shot because they thought it was a really good break in character. 
because uh, Charlize Theron's character was normally really icy and emotionless. Wow. And yeah, I can actually still picture her face doing that. Yeah. Huh. Well, that worked really well. Speaking of things that were real that you might not expect, uh, the cave drawings that they were showing at the beginning at the uh, in the island of Sky in Scotland are actually real. Those mm-hmm. are real. Aliens. Yeah. yeah. Engineers. Yeah. See? <laughs> so it turns out Prometheus was a documentary and no one knew. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um... So, where was the other one that I had? Here, while you're looking up that, I got a quick one here. Um, on David's fingerprint, when Michael Fassbender is, uh, he's touching something. He touches a lot of stuff in this movie, but he's like, uh, yeah. you see the fingerprint, like as he's pressing, almost kind of like he's pressing it on glass or whatever, you can see a tiny little Wayland logo on the tip of his finger. Because he's yeah. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that is Wayland. And if you go and watch Alien vs Predator, and which kind of messes this up a little bit, um, Alien vs Predator takes place before all of the Alien movies, um, and after. Is it after? The Predator movies? Yeah. Um, Wayland actually dies in that movie. Mm-hmm. Or so, so he'd have you believe. Yeah, so he'd have you believe. Um, but all the Wayland stuff, like, that's the one constant in all of the Alien movies is the Wayland Court, which I really appreciate. Like, if you're going to have a corporation, have it throughout the entire thing. Yeah, makes sense. So. It's as long as you have a few little threads of continuity like that, it really kind of ties in extended universes together, you know. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I I don't know if this is just a rumor or not, but allegedly there is um there's rumors of like an extended edition being out there that has around 30 minutes of deleted and extended scenes. That is a lot. And uh, that same article said that uh, Ridley's, well, it, that specific cut might not even be the director's cut. And uh, Ridley Scott's notorious for making like three hour plus movies and then having studios like chop yeah. them down. So like, dude, this is too long. We got to, you know, chop it down for a more you mm-hmm. know accessible audience and uh it usually affects the quality of the final product like i think the one of my favorite movies by him because i'm really big into history is uh, kingdom of heaven which is uh essentially orlando bloom and the crusades and the theatrical version is like geez it's like two hours and 45 minutes or something like that and the director's cut adds like an hour to that, something like that, at least Damn. 30 minutes at most an hour. And there was like a whole subplot that just was not in the theatrical version. So certain choices by characters don't make sense by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So exactly like Blade <laughs> Runner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I can totally see there being probably two or three cuts of this movie somewhere. Um, if he can find, if if there can be like two or three cuts of a movie from nineteen, what year was Blade Runner? Eighty two. Eighty two. And guess what? Seven cuts. 82? Seven different cuts. Yeah. Holy crap. And I've only seen the final cut. Yeah, that, I think that's the one you're supposed to. So. Say. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Um. So yeah, I could totally see that if there being a bunch of different cuts of this. Um, I mean, that's the thing to do now. What do we have? We got the Zack Snyder cut coming out mm. for Justice League. Um, they're talking about doing the, this one's kind of funny, the butthole cut from Cats. <laughs> I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, all this footage is there. Um, yeah. I think one day and maybe 4k maybe something coming out on 4k that would add them all now that they have that technology yeah it's a lot of always a lot of stuff that comes out i feel like the movies Um, that you don't see multiple cuts of are ones that the director had like exclusive creative control over because that's usually the cut mm, they wanted is the final version of that yeah yeah it until like when it gets all political and studios get involved, that's when you start getting like scenes that can ruin a movie or make a movie will get taken out or it's yeah, it's magic of movies. Sometimes it's not magical. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, um, campaigning or the marketing for this movie uh was not ever like really said that it was anything had to do anything with alien um they really just made a lot of like posters or um like ted talks i guess um with the characters uh-huh. um and it was really like ominous I guess is a good word for it, where they introduced um, David Fassbender's character as da- the David Eight Android model, and it was just like a lot of stuff that you wouldn't normally see, and not really a part. Like you wouldn't even really know that it was for a movie, and that's what got a lot of the hype around it. So yeah, I, I do kind of remember seeing some of those trailers and special features coming out. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, the first trailer was Charlize Theron naked doing push-ups. That has literally nothing to do with aliens. <laughs> Still not a bad trailer. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, probably the whole reason a lot of people went to see it. <laughs> that's that's the problem when you roll the dice with marketing like that. Like it's super interesting and it's very dynamic and makes you really question what it's about, but in my opinion, doesn't Mm -hmm. really make people want to go out and see it because they don't know if they're going to like what you're selling, essentially. Because you're not giving them any information. Yeah. Um, And I I think we've talked about this offline maybe before, how trailers are sometimes not what you expect to. Trailers can either ruin... can be full of spoilers... Or make a movie seem like something. Yeah, that's the worst. 
yeah, I hate when that happens. Um, uh, speaking of the David android, here's a fun fact. The androids, if you go alien, aliens, alien resurrection, and then Prometheus, the androids' names all start with the, like, the letter of the alphabet. So, like, alien is Ash. Aliens is huh. Bishop. Um, alien resurrection is uh, Cell, I think, or something like something that. Something with I can't a C, remember right? what. It was something with a C. Um, I think it was Cell. And then Prometheus huh. is David. And then... <laughs> And then the next movie is just Eduardo. I don't know what. I'd buy that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wouldn't even know. No, I think Dave, David's in Alien okay. Covenant. So, that I do know. Hmm. So, there's so much to this movie, people. If you just go and the, the wiki page, I'm going to have all these links, too. I've been putting them in the show notes. Um, the trivia page on IMDb, the wiki page are some of the longest Mm -hmm. pages I've seen for movies. And it's just, it's crazy. So, and YouTube is full of videos to explain a lot of things to you too. If you want to get really deep into it. There's no lack of information Uh, out there. No. And you... You need it if you want to really get into everything. So um, that's all I have for the behind-the-scenes yeah, stuff. Too. Oh, I, I have uh, actually I have two more. So because I like to go over what awards oh. it wins. Um, it won. It did. It didn't win an Oscar, but it was nominated for an Oscar for best achievement in visual effects. Which you said yeah. how great it looked. I wonder what was going up against that, um, that one. Oh, let's find out. 2012. Huh. I think it lost to Hugo. Yep. Huh. That's what I got, too. Is it 2012 or would it be considered 2013? Great question. So... It was either Hugo or uh, Life of Pi. So. Okay. Okay. Both are very visually stunning movies. Eh. Well, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Um, but it also won, and I've never heard of these awards, it actually won a Golden <laughs> Schmo. Uh, which is which is the biggest disappointment? Oh of my the god, year. that's a great name for that. <laughs> yeah, um, and I I do agree with that. So that being said, let's go into our thumbs up, thumbs down section, and uh, building <laughs> off the golden schmo. Uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate the thought behind the movie. Um, I do think it tries to do too much without answering a lot. I find it slow-paced. It's, uh, it is thought-provoking on a spiritual level, and weird things happen without you ever really knowing why, unless you go watch, like I said, a bunch of videos 
on the movie being explained or watching the movie a few times. Um, if this was a standalone movie, I would give it a thumbs down. Just yeah. one thumb down. But because it is part of an expansive universe that has spanned over 40 years um, and that it does have a direct sequel that does tie up a lot of loose ends, I will give it one thumbs up um, because it does start the whole beginning of Alien. Um, however, if you don't see it and you strictly stick with just like Alien and Aliens and not really watch any of the other ones because those are the two best in my opinion, uh, you'll be okay. You won't really be missing anything. I feel very similarly about that. If it was standalone, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't like it. Since it's a part of something larger, that's kind of a little a little more than the sum of its parts. I, I'd also give it a thumbs up. Yeah, that is... Uh, it's, it's not great, but it's not terrible. I, and it sets some stuff up. I would say it so. leans a little more on the positive side of mediocre like taken as a whole yeah that's good i agree um all right moving on to viewer mail we got one email this week so guys get your emails in um tell us what you think if you you can even email us this week and tell us what you thought of prometheus and this movie that we're the movie we picked for this week or that gets picked um, but our email is from Matt again. Rock on, Matt. Um, he says, I would like to request that Ready Player One is added to the movie list. I'd love to hear your guys' takes on it. Um, so thank you, Matt. We did add it to the list. Um, have you seen I sure have. Ready Player One? Me too. Um, I've been actually trying, wanting to rewatch it, but now I'm going to wait for it to pop up on our... Uh, list and that brings us in to our spinny wheel so were you able to get the uh oh yeah the wheel i'm set ready up? to rock and roll okay. all right let's hit it <laughs> that's pretty good that was almost like a spaghetti western you know where it's like someone's talking but the voice doesn't match all right we've landed on yep. the schwarzenegger total recall I'm excited yes. for that. There's, there's going to be so much practical effects oh, in this one. I can't I, wait to talk yeah. about it. This has one of my favorite like practical effects yeah. in any movie ever. Uh, you want to hear something <laughs> funny? That movie came out the year I was born. What year Nin- was that? I'm going to say... 1990. Yeah. 90. Wow, I'm so much older than you. <laughs> it really yeah. was in the 90s. Well, I mean, that was like it? one of the first like big films of the 90s. Yeah, I I actually honestly uh when this whole quarantine thing started, I was like, "All right, I'm going to watch all these movies that I've heard about." Total Recall was actually one of them. Um so I've watched it within the last 2 months, but I'm totally going to rewatch this this week. Um because there's going to be so much to talk about with this nice. movie. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen this one. And uh, tangentially related, I'll say that I ended up seeing the remake of it, the Colin Farrell remake. And I would also say that it leans to the 
the the better side of mediocre. It's not as good as the original, but it's like there are some cool things in that movie. I honestly didn't even know there was a remake, so I'm actually going to update our list to make it the 1991. Perfect. And that way we know. So if somebody does want us to watch the newer one, they always can. Um, anytime you see those type of movies that have remakes, um, maybe one day we'll do a special and we'll watch you know, an original and a remake for one of our episodes. Um, I have some ideas for like, you know, our 10th episode and 20th and things like that. So stuff that we can discuss and maybe do special episodes some days. Um, So, yeah, that's, uh, that's about it this week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Next week, we are going to discuss Total Recall, 90-90-90-90 version. Picked for us (laughs) by the Magic Wheel. I can't remember. Did you... That, oh, <laughs> that one was you. Was that, was uh, that oh wait, no, was it you? Let me look. Uh, yeah, that was you. you. That was you. Your confused <laughs> co-host here. Uh, but remember, you guys can always uh, email in the podcast at youpickwewatch at gmail dot com. Give us your recommendation, your thoughts. Just you know, say hi if you'd like to. I'm lonely. Please talk to me. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, my name's. <laughs> uh, my, my oh god your name is, is um my name's regan you can find me <laughs> on facebook and instagram at author regan brooks and uh, i'm jess you can find me on twitter at rad mad mal um yeah like regan said email us uh we love getting email without you guys you know if you guys don't send in stuff we only have like 10 more weeks so Start sending and you don't want to just listen to us pick movies because yeah we want you to tell us what you think tell us what you like um oh we are on no, apple please. now so if you're listening to this on uh, apple Podcasts, subscribe review star um i can't see that because <laughs> i don't have anything apple but regan can so he can tell us what's going on um but yeah you know you guys come hang out Let us know, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Right on. You guys take it easy.